HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Neil's Yard Dairy, selecting, maturing, and selling farmhouse cheese from the UK and Ireland. For more information, visit neilsyarddairy.uk.co. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live from the Heritage Radio Network. This is Greg Blaze. On today's episode, we're talking to Thalassa and Stephanie Skinner, sisters and co-founders of Culture Magazine. Thanks so much for coming on, ladies. It's a pleasure to be here, Greg. (laughs) For those of you who haven't heard of Culture Magazine, it's an amazing print and online publication featuring stories all about the world of cheese. I was fortunate enough to do some food styling for them last year. Let me tell you, even if you're just looking for some cheese porn porn photos, (laughs) this magazine has a lot of sexy cheese pictures. Enough of that, right? Thank you. (laughs) But it's also about a lot more than that. Um, Your content is like so comprehensive. Yeah. Culture Magazine features cheeses from around the world and around the country. Um, They're pairing tips and notes on cheese politics, history, and cheese recipes. So, my first question to you both, and you can fight over who wants to answer this first one, um, (laughs) is how you were inspired to start the magazine, and how did you make that vision a reality? Anybody, away, Stephanie? You know you oh, good. <laughs> There's no fighting on this one. Uh, actually, the uh, you know every the start of every company is um, you know is, has lots of uh, myth around it, but it is true that um, in 2006, 2007, uh, I was working out on the West Coast or coming going back and forth, and um, from the East Coast where I lived. Um, and during that time, I would stay with Lassa, who was at that time setting up a cheese shop with her friend, uh, Kate Arding. And, uh, they were, uh, going through the process of, of, um, discussing what cheeses should be in the shop, et cetera. And one evening after I came back from, from work, I found them there well into their probably second bottle of wine. And, uh, they were talking about 
um, getting ideas on what to do. And I said, well, why don't you guys, of course, read the magazine? Because I'm a magazine person. That's what I do. Why don't you subscribe to the magazine and see whatever, see what other people say about this kind of thing? And they said there is no magazine about cheese. So I said, uh, of course, fortified by the wine myself at this point, I said, well, I'll go. And um, when I come back in a couple of weeks, I'll have a business plan and we'll launch a magazine. And we did. And so it's taken, it, it took shape really through the um, experiences that uh, LASA particularly brought to the, uh, the table, which is um, as a cheesemonger. And that is what informs us um, because the mongers, of course, are the people that are between the maker and the consumer. So we are a consumer magazine, so we're, we're geared to the consumer, but we are informed by the mindset of, of mongers. That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, you know, was your was your initial audience or the idea of your initial audience uh, cheesemongers, or you know, but that's where you that's where you're going to draw no, your experience that's a, from. That's a good question. Uh, uh, this is Lassa now. Um, hi, Lassa. So, hi, Greg. <laughs> so good to talk to you. Um, it was really to the whole real the whole idea was to educate people about cheese so that life would be easier for mongers. So it was always supposed to be an educational, uh, a fun educational um, outreach to general consumer so that. Uh, more people would learn about cheese and buy cheese and eat cheese and love cheese. And that really has always been our our um, our goal. And uh, mm-hmm. we've obviously gone through, I mean, we've, you know, we're eight years old now, and um, we're, we're <laughs> amazed that it's there, and we've gone through our ups and downs with that, but pretty much ups um, all the way. But it, it is mm-hmm. weird. It's <laughs> strange to be somebody who's a someone who's used to being behind the counter who actually owns a magazine. i got to say, it's not at all intuitive. And uh, <clears throat> let's just say I'm happier behind the counter than I am knowing the publishing world. So that's where my sister comes in, <laughs> how did, all how, her fault. <laughs> how did you convince people to carry it in the beginning? Like, what was your plan there? You were just like, we're just going to go around to people we know and, uh, and we're, we're going to... Tell cheese well, shops to good, put this out. It's good to own a gun. Because nice. people at gunpoint, they do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, actually, to be honest, people were, were, it took a while for people to understand that it wasn't actually a trade magazine, but there was no pushback at all about having mm-hmm. something that was um, all about cheese on the counter. Who was your so first I customer? I don't think that was a problem in any stretch. Like who took what, your magazine? You who what took your magazine first? Who? Who what? Yeah, who was your first? Uh, oh, like your first Actually, customer? The biggest. The, biggest uh, the, the thing that happened early on. Uh, first off, it was. It was. I'd like to say it was just great wisdom on our part, but it was. It was really serendipity that we launched uh, the magazine at the moment that uh, the the world in general, and particularly America, was waking up to the the. You know the variety and the wonderful options of artisan cheese, and and uh, and and co- coincidentally, it was also the time when uh, niche magazines were becoming um, a, and you can see them all over the place now. But niche magazines were really starting to to, to bloom, and so we were lucky to pick up uh, really the premier 
uh, newsstand distributor at the time. Um, newsstand, of course, has gone through pain and misery. That's that's oh yeah, far transcends everything that we all have gone <laughs> through. Um, but uh, in the in the intervening eight years, they've you know gone they've sort of dropped about fifty percent of their total total business as a as an industry. But um, we were lucky to pick up um, something a a, pub, a distribution house called Comag, which is really the you know, the distributor of, of Connie Nast and Hearst and those kinds oh, of yeah, publications. And they saw us as a, as a, a you know, sort of a high-value um, niche magazine. And so we got um, shelf space very quickly at places like Barnes & Noble, uh, which who knew that there were still, you know, bookstores out there. But, in fact, that is still the largest uh, seller, um, besides Walmart, tragically, of um of uh, magazines, so we got really prime um, shelf space coming out of the gate um, at bookstores as well as on the uh, newsstand lines at uh, at grocery stores. So, so that's really the the first that was, and we got very large numbers for for a um, for a launched uh, a, you know a niche magazine being launched by you know two twits like the Skinner Girls. So <laughs> Come on. we were. Um, <laughs> So we were. We, that's really what what um, did it for us on the big number side. But Lasses Lasses made, and at the time also Kate was very instrumental in um, in shopping the magazine around to the people that we refer to as the, the sort of thought leaders in the industry to get buy-in both for distribution at specialty stores and um, for advertising, which which is of course a very large part of the revenue that makes this this wonderful world of publishing go round. So Yeah, I was really, gonna ask again, you about when that. I when I say that it's informed by the mindset of the of you know of Cheesemonger, it's also because we're embedded in the industry that we've been so lucky is to have the success that we've had. Certainly. I mean print I mean I went to school for print journalism way back in the nineties and like I oh was so sure that I was gonna get a job that I became a cheesemonger. You know what I mean? Like I was <laughs> just like a print you know, newspaper publication like circulation was going down and it's tough. Print print's a tough <laughs> a, a real tough medium and and as you know, as you know, it runs on ads, you know, I mean, and that's mm-hmm. that's where you make your money, you know, so or mm-hmm. that's where you make your money to support it. So when I read your magazine, you know, the prim- the ads you use seem to be primarily from cheese producers. Like, how did you go about yeah. selecting advertising for your magazine? You know, and, and does it coincide with where it's sold and, and, and that sort of thing? You know, do you do you look for yeah. ads yeah. that to a large degree? I mean, I, this is this is the battle that I that I um, am engaged in on a regular basis. Um, so advertising, advertising leads the way in terms of, of dollars, but the way that magazines work is that there's this there's sort of this triangle. The advertisers go where the readers are, and, and the readers go where the edit is. So we started with what we thought was the most important piece to get right right in the beginning, and that was the editorial product, because once the editorial product really hummed, then the um, then the readers would get excited about it, and then because of that, the the advertisers would then would then show up. I mean, not just show up; you have to call them. <laughs> As it turns out, sadly, you still have to call them. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's so that's really the the process that that we that we go through regularly and reevaluate you know, and make sure. And, and, and to that end, uh, Steph. I mean, again, this is um, to Steph's credit. In big in a big way, there was nothing else 
for for these people to really um well there was a few things but a few th- but not that many places for um people to advertise that really hit their market and right. um mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we were not just it but we listened to them and we we kind of did a back and forth and we continue to be that we don't really try to tell people it has to be this we say tell us what you are what you are, and we try to kind of mm-hmm. straddle those two things. And it's because of the fact that we're not really, um, you know, we're not just we're not just we're not mission based, although we are some of us. But we're also, you know, <laughs> non denominational. We can kind of work with everybody, and, it, and it's been, you know, every day is literally like a whole new day of peeling off another layer and going, holy crap. Look at what's out there, and you never really know what's going to be next. And it hasn't—I mean, it's obviously hard, very hard sometimes, but it doesn't really have huge downsides to it, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, we can kind of enable things more than we can kind of, you know, disable. So it's—it's it's really a good place to be. Uh, and if I could just also um, add a little bit to that, is that now, as Lassa said, we're we're eight years into this. And uh, the what the value of a publishing empire, as we like to call it these empire days, of uh, what Good we Lord. do, I like uh, that. Is, is any empire such as ours is um, that once you <laughs> once you've built you know, these two constituent groups, which is the readers and the advertisers, all brought together by the editorial product, which is your content, you have the op- you have the opportunity to develop additional um, products to 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 basically keep adding to your, you know, to the, to what you're doing. So we've, obviously we fairly quickly, we got onto social media and realized that that was a way to, to, to beat the drum um, about, you know, exploring cheese to a very wide population. I mean, we're now over a hundred thousand fans on, on Facebook. Yeah. I want to get, then, I want to get into obviously that. Our you. website being key. We have, uh, we have lots more work to do on that because that is a never ending feeding of the beast. But ever-changing, we've, we've launched um, events, too. And uh, this all comes from our, uh, you know, bringing this all together. And so back in the day when you went to journalism school, you were probably learning about how to, how to write, which everybody thinks is basically what all magazines are all about is writing. Well, initially fact, I did. Initially <laughs> I did. But, but I had to learn, you know, I had to learn everything that, that you went through, which is probably why I quit, you know, and, uh, um, you know, it, it, you're it, a wise man. Greg. Well, I mean, just why? everything. That, that's why I, well, I, I love it. So I, I loved it, it too. But when it, when it works, does that it's time. a wonderful thing. And I, and I feel, I feel like this last year has been, has been really eye opening for me because I've published many other magazines and they've been, uh, you know, for groups of people who I did not love terribly. And now I can say this is one of the most congenial, wonderful um, industries I've ever I've ever had the pleasure to work in. Oh yeah, Both, you know, cheese people. We are we are wonderful. Everybody up and down wonderful the individuals. It's so wait cool. a minute, I have one thing to say about that. Who do you have to thank for that? Thank you. Oh yes, Stephanie. absolutely, absolutely. Greg, I have Greg to thank. <laughs> for that. Thanks. That's what I'm talking about, <laughs> right oh, there. Emily as well. Emily, <laughs> Emily to thank for that. Beautiful. <laughs> 
Well, I want to get into, uh, we're going to take a short break, but afterwards I want to get into how your magazine has evolved and I want to touch on social media and your online content um, and just mm-hmm. how you've grown. So come, just hang on, hang on. Uh, we're going to take a short break. program is brought to you by Neil's Yard Dairy. Neil's Yard Dairy selects, matures, and sells farmhouse cheese from the UK and Ireland. They work with about 40 cheesemakers. They visit them regularly to taste their cheese and select the batches they want to mature and sell. Amongst the cheeses they select, there's a great deal of variability. Cheese can change hugely depending on how it's treated. They have a range of temperature and humidity controlled maturation facilities at their warehouse in London, run by a team who are dedicated to ensuring they sell their cheese at its best. As the cheese is maturing, they continue to taste through the stock to ensure they're aware of how it is developing over time. When the cheese is ready, their attention turns to directing the right cheese into the hands of the right customer. They have three cheese shops in London, an online shop, and they're a regular site at markets around the country and have a UK and international wholesale trade. For more information, visit neilsyarddairy.uk.co. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. We're here with Stephanie and Lassa Skinner, co-founders of Culture Magazine. They're on the line, presumably from Massachusetts, best state in the union, best state in the union right there. Um, uh, <laughs> I love it. Fire. Fire. <laughs> we were ta- talking initially about how they fa- co-founded the magazine. You had one cheesemonger, one magazine person, their sisters, had a great idea. Cheese was blowing up. Um, they, made a, they made a magazine from scratch. Um, which is super hard to do, and uh, found all the advertising and uh, put it together, you know. And uh, now we're here in 2016. Um, you know, people don't, people don't. I know craziness, absolute craziness. Um, you know, and people, um, you know, you touched on something that, like I said, when I was in school, I, I was, I was faced with the reality of, you know, that like news. And I wanted to be a newspaper man a little bit. I wanted to write sports, but I also, uh, I did learn how to write their feature uh, articles. Was what. I really, really got into, you know, as a journalism student, but there just was not a lot of market for print media. So I think it's awesome that you guys um, have uh, have made this great thing that's that's like persevered and blossomed, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I once wanted to get just in case there's uh, anybody out there underneath a rock or manhole cover that doesn't know what Culture Magazine is or to where to get it, um, um, because my audience, where well, it's mostly cheesemongers, you know, there's other people like my mom who listen to this podcast who might want to go and buy the magazine. So how often does it come <laughs> out? When you started, you were quarterly, right? And now you're bi-monthly. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, we're now we we're are, six we're times a year. Four, four mm-hmm. um, seasonal magazines. Sorry, we're on talking on top of each other. That's four all right. seasonal magazines. That said, they're kind of I mean, if you own if you have a magazine and it has um, an autumn an autumn cover, it actually is for a year round. So we're, we we say it is that, but it so it comes out every three months. But then we've added two extra um, magazines. Bonus editions. Which are yeah the best of and the um, which is the uh, best of the year which we look at award winners uh, from seven different um, uh, thing competitions around the globe 
and we we choose within that, and then we make it uh, consumer friendly, so it makes sense. I and did then some we food styling for that do one. A pairings issue. Yeah, those were Sorry? fun. I think I did some food styling for you on one of those where like massive yes, amounts of exactly. cheese yeah, got yeah, sent yeah. to this lucky <laughs> photographer's studio in Brooklyn and like I had like a spoon of Harbison that like had to be like, you know, very sexual and uh, you know, in the way that it dripped down, you know what I mean? But you know, I had to make sure my fingernails were trimmed because my hand was in that was in that shot. <laughs> and that's the thing about those print magazines, you know what I mean? You gotta you get to cost a lot of money to take all those photos. Um and then right. you know, that's probably you know, and that, and I'm just speculating here, but I'm sure, you know, you were like, How are we gonna blow this thing up even more? And now you were talking to me briefly before the break about events that you guys want to do, you guys are going to, and I know you guys always throw a great party at the ACS, which mm-hmm. I've been to, uh, you know, in my, in my wilder days, uh, you know, I used yeah. to, I used to attend yeah. first to come last well, to leave, but, um, what, what, so it, is that, that, is that the kind of thing that you're, uh, that you're going to be getting into in the future? Like uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, of gatherings. Well, I think mm-hmm. one of the things, well, speaking personally, again, this is the, the cheese person side and I, and for me, the joy is to make, number one, make people happy, but number two, make people happy with cheese. And so how do we get the cheese into people's mouths and how do we, I mean, it is a, an incredible, uh, cheese is an incredible thing, so we really want to take it into, um, you know, in its raw form out into the world and, and present it to people. So it's great, and it, I mean, honestly, the the magazine is is just unbelievable to sit and read and learn and in and to use that as a as a tool for education so if somebody asks more questions and they really want to learn this is an easy way to do it but there's nothing better than actually having an active tasting event where you are with people and they and I think our greatest joy with these events, um, which are around, now we're, we're launching around the country, is to infuse that incredible enthusiasm of just the taste and then what, why, why is this milk turned into this? How does that happen to people? And, yeah, people and there love is to absolutely eat cheese, nothing but sheer pleasure that we try to bring. That's each a, of these events. <laughs> I want to speak to something you just said, you know, and as an aside, but it's so super important. I mean, your your magazine um, is very educational. How do you go about developing content? Like, what's your editorial process to determine what goes in the magazine itself? Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's, it's, an, it's a it's good developed. question because a lot of people think we're the editors, and boy, we are so far from being the editor of any in any stretch. Um, there's, as you know, Greg, there is a very, um, it's an important role to be editor or Absolutely. editor-in-chief of a magazine and that you have to know how to put it together and move from there. What our role is um, for Steph and I are, is ideas and also kind of because we're right out there in the industry, Steph in her way now in an incredible way, but um, and, and, you know, me kind of with all the people that work in the industry, we feed the editorial, but the editorial staff actually goes to shows and we travel and we, we want people to send in things, talk to us, the social media is huge, all of those things. It's literally just that huge pipeline of uh, the portals, you know, kind of being the sieve and the conduit for people. 
to send things. We, we get a ton of pitches too from lots of really All good writers from around the globe. Yeah, how do you select so, your I mean, writers? How do you how do you do you, do you have how do you select your staff? Do you go about taking them? Are they cheesemongers mostly, or people with that experience? No. Or are they writers first? No, writers, writers first. first. In, writers in the beginning, first. we were we literally launched the magazine with uh, you know I was the only person who'd actually ever launched a magazine before. And uh, and then we had some. Uh, we, had, we were very rich in cheese knowledge, but we were not rich in publishing knowledge. So which does have, not make for great uh, writing, you know. So it's a very different yeah. skill too. Why is uh, that? So we, so what we did cheesemongers just drone on? We have. Uh, I mean, we obviously still have lots of cheese knowledge in house, but uh, we've added some some terrific uh, and seasoned. Um, publishing professionals. We have a, 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 an editor-in-chief, Courtney Hollins, who came from um, Boston Magazine. We have a uh, food editor, Lee Belander, who's been uh, involved in the food um, writing world for quite some time, as well as uh, executing food events, and uh, got a couple of books to her credit as well, and really terrific food sensibilities. And we are one of our former interns, um, Becca Haley Park, um, has grown into an extraordinary um, associate uh, editor too. So it's it's been um, it, it's really been a, a an evolution to to have our um, staff be, particularly on the um, the editorial side, our, our staff be be very seasoned and, and qualified as. As editors, yeah, I think in, in, I mean, writers. We started virtually. We were all virtual. Mm-hmm. Now there's actually a home base. There's a head office, an office. and it's based yeah. in the south end mm-hmm. of chairs, tables, computers, probably. things like that. Yeah. Doors yeah. And, and addresses on that office. That's great. Yes, yeah. and, to, and to your to to answer one of your as we're briefly also one of your questions about how do we come up with ideas? We actually have you know, in the vast world of, of cheese and in publishing in general, you do actually have to create sort of buckets of knowledge that you want to try to yeah, build. absolutely. And so we have these, and people outside of the industry probably don't see the, these distinctions as clearly as we do, but we have features that we fill every issue. So we have a cheese maker um, in every issue, and that's. That's a profile of, of the person itself, themselves and their cheesemaking and what they've done, how they've come to, to, to do what they do, et cetera. We have a style feature, so we, which is always a challenge, because, but it's like particularly important. Like cheddars of the U.K., that kind of thing. Yeah. You know. So we'll, and then we have a. How did you come dish, up with those so chefs talking like, about you know using cheese, et cetera? So those are our those are the big features, and then we have lots of then we have the you know shorter um, departments is how we refer to them that are um, that can be a little bit more flexible and mobile about on, but but they are also designed to be buckets that that, that are filled like knowledge oriented buckets or entertainment like or. What? Or or people in the industry. Is there another so. food magazine that you sort of uh, that you sort of styled yourself after? You know, because I look, I, I read your magazine often. I, I like it. I can sell it at my store when I get it. What do you mean mm-hmm. often? Yeah. Mean the Every day, the for the love of God. Um, <laughs> yes. But there's so I always look at look at your magazine. There's another cheese magazine out there. It's called uh, it's called the Cheese Connoisseur. Like, do you are those, yep. is that your competition? Because I feel like that's a very different style. I feel like that's a lot of like features 
or a lot more features, mm-hmm. and you guys have a lot more practical knowledge. There's a lot more recipes, or maybe in yours, or maybe I'm mm-hmm. I'm wrong. But do, do yeah. you look at them as your competition, or 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 is they or you dovetail in together? We we, we cons- I mean, of course, we're probably competitive for for um, for advertising. I feel like I don't necessarily think we're that competitive for um, you know, on the reader side. I think you're right. I think there's some differences. I personally respect uh, Chief Connoisseur and the, the changes, the evolution that they've come come through over the last uh, eight years. They they launched essentially at the same time as us. And, I didn't know that. Uh, I think um, I think they've come a long way. And their first in their first issues, they they were very. Um, I, I feel like they were they were more trade oriented because of, of where they come from. They come from a trade publishing house. Right. I think they've come just a really long way in terms of of um, of, of getting more uh, more consumer friendly. We 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 feel that we've also done the same thing. We've come a long way in terms of being less um, arcane and um, and are now I I feel uh, really squarely focused on on expanding our consumer. Um, focus. Food food writing, I think, is super. I mean, I think it's very difficult, you know, because you have to have this yeah. to be a good food writer. First of all, I think you know, they're, they're, everybody everybody has food blogs. There's so many food blogs, you know. There's cheese blogs, yeah. and that's those are great. But but that's a different that's a different uh, way to write, you know. You can mm-hmm. you know your your stuff. You you got to have someone who's familiar, maybe or maybe not. I mean, I have to be familiar with the like the AP style book. You know, there's a way to write. To write these sort of things, and I and I wonder, yeah. it's it, I feel like it it's hard to find to find food writing. You know, I mean, like you said at the beginning, you had you had um, different people, but maybe you had maybe you had less writers. You had less food food professionals. You were just getting started, you know, and um, mm-hmm. it probably helps you out. What's that? I don't know, Greg. I think if you're a good writer, you can actually you can uh, learn. But I do think that. One of the things we, because we get asked all the time, how in God's name can you have a magazine all about cheese? And we. And what do you say? I, I just look at them with my jaw. I mean, I get asked that all the time. Say, People are like, how can you, you possibly <laughs> ask that question? There is so much to write about. And so, you know, as we, we can write about anything that goes along with the world of cheese, which opens the mm-hmm. floodgates, you know, to. to recipes and agriculture and meals and chefs and and seasonality and wine and beer and you know, like the whole thing yeah. is our oyster yeah, totally. and and uh i think if you're a good writer this is kind of your you know this is the joy is that this is like mm-hmm. wow how do i how do i incorporate you know the, all this excitement into my piece and not go over by four thousand words. Well, that's, that's the, the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what I'm talking about right there. Like, so you, you have like yeah. food writing features. Um, I, I just find them difficult. It's hard. It, sometimes they're hard. They're yeah. hard to read. You know, yeah. because like you say, in the end, I just. I mean, I kind of want to eat it. You know, I mean, I just want to. Yeah. Well, I, that's why the events are there. But yeah. yes, but you know, yeah. it's you, Greg. So we'll work with you on how you write your feature next time. Oh, no. really? <laughs> really? I mean, it's, be it's fine. People, people are always. It's. I think it's sort of emblematic of what of the um, of the hiding your. I don't even know what the expression is, but sort of hiding your your light under a bushel basket of this industry. That people are shocked that there should be a cheese magazine when there are how many wine magazines and there are 
for God's sakes. And and there are beer magazines, Food. and there are there's you know a food cigar magazines. magazine. Yeah. And, uh, there is a cigar. Yeah, magazine. So, I mean, kind yeah. of recreating. So, I would say that there are. You cannot swing a cat in Boston without hitting. A food writer. Let's Did you say you cannot here. swing a so cat without many. hitting a Everywhere. food writer? They wow. really are. It doesn't mean they're good. There yeah. are many. That's true. There are many people who want to do it, but don't really. As Lassen says, you know, if you're a great writer, you can, you can, you're going to write. Period. Sure. But um, for us, the challenge, and for every publisher, the challenge is to find somebody who knows how to knows how to write a story. Because we are competing. I mean, as a consumer magazine, we're competing with. You know, a thousand different things. We're competing with, you know, this. You you got to take your kids to soccer. You can watch that's our main modern that's really family. Our main you know, thing, you yeah. can do a million yeah. different things. We have to entertain. So we have to find people who actually know how to tell a tale and tell you why it's interesting. Say, you know, tell it with some some you know it, turns of phrases and things that become memorable. And then you also we also have to match that up with extraordinary. Photography, like our centerfold, every issue we have to have, and you're thinking the ultimate porn thing. Oh. We have to have a centerfold in sure. every issue. Sure. Now, and trust <laughs> me, I'm the same way. I mean, I have a podcast here about cheese. You know what I mean? Like, I, right, I, yeah, I, right. I, I, I have to be, I have to be um, engaging. You know, thank God there's no photography in here. I mostly, I'm, I'm pantsless while I do this, this podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? But thank but, you for you that know. visual. <laughs> you. You appreciate that. But nobody you needs to see that. that. Nobody needs to see that. No. So, lastly, so, so you have um, what? So what's uh, what, what's in the very Near future for for Culture Magazine. Give me a little tidbit as to what's 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 new. What's on the horizon? Well, one uh, of the things old, I, I, I think is really important event. to understand, uh, Stephanie. <laughs> one of the things that's important one at a time, for please. us is to, to be very in every magazine. We're global, so we kind of we look at geographics. We look at you know kind of what we're covering throughout the next two to you know two to five years. We've got kind of ideas editorial calendar in the next in the upcoming one we've got things like um cloth bound cheddars um and we've got a piece on um grand d'orge who makes all the wonderful camembert and livero and things like that where we we Steph, what else do you think is like really tantalizing to to be able to? Well, this uh, you know every issue. By the time the issue comes out, I have uh, we are already thinking about three issues ahead, so I can barely remember what's um, <laughs> in the spring issue that we're putting to bed right now. Except for Grand Dorge, I know that one for sure. Awesome. But but uh, in terms of what's coming up for us, I would actually say I mean, coming back to sort of our things on the on the horizon that that's very big our uh, events. We we did a big yeah. event in Boston, and we are doing it again. Excellent. And, and we're eyeing one in New York. Great. Greg, Greg. Yeah. Fantastic. Alert, alert. Yep. And you're working it. <laughs> nice. You know that. You're going to be working on it. <laughs> Learn a lot on this podcast. I, I do every time I do it. Um, and, um, and so people should just check on your website, right? And if they want right. to, just, just stay tuned. Check out uh, um, yeah. the Culture website yep. and... Uh, and you know, and uh, yeah. and and people should go into Barnes and Noble, that old bookstore, you know, and check for uh, for Culture Magazine. And barring that, and you can buy a subscription at uh, culturecheesemag.com. 
please come on down. There is another culture magazine. I want to warn you, there's another culture magazine, and it's about marijuana. So that's not a... Buy them both. (laughs) Buy them both. Buy one, figure it out, buy the cheese magazine when you're ready to eat afterwards. Super. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I want to say thanks uh, to both of you gals for giving me a little bit of your time. Um, I really love to talk to you all the time. I can't wait to see you in New York. And um, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Be sure to tune in again next week when we'll be talking all about state cheese guilds. Stay classy out there. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.